Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the You're OK Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried and Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. We are uh, touching lives all over the world, and we're making a difference, and that's ultimately why I'm doing this, is to make sure that we spread some light to people all around the world, and today is going to be no different. We have an amazing guest today, Nick Greer. Nick, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. What an honor. Thank you. Oh, you bet. Uh, Nick is currently the co-founder and CEO of Built Brands, uh, built.com. Many of you have probably had his product, the Built Bar. I was just uh, telling uh, your um, your receptionist that I buy a case of that every every month, and it's the salted caramel, one of my favorites. Man, we got to get you yeah. another flavor. We got to have you branch <laughs> out a little bit. I know I need to branch out, but uh, you know, um, Nick is a born entrepreneur. He started selling baseball cards to his classmates when he was ten years old. He mowed lawns to neighbors. He quote unquote maybe have sold fireworks when he was a kid in, in Arizona. Um, he's in, interested in all kinds of businesses, and um, he's a guy who's just trying to make an impact on the world while leaving a legacy for those to learn from and become much better than he ever was. And I think that's what makes you so great, Nick, is just you're really trying to just be better and help people be better. Is that fair to say? <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Keyword trying on there. I don't, know. The I don't know how well I'm doing at it, but yeah. yeah. And there's a lot more to what I could read off here, but I, I want people to hear it from you. And maybe we could start, Nick, is where did you grow up? And maybe tell us a little bit about your childhood. Yeah. No, I mean, Mesa, Arizona, um, born and bred there in Mesa, Arizona, uh, raised uh, in good old Mountain View High School. Okay. And any Toros out there, I understand exactly what I'm doing right now, flashing that sign of Toros. <laughs> it's like the only, it's the only high school I know of that, like, where'd you grow up? Mesa, what high school? Mountain View. And you have to show... The Toral sign. You have to it's like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm in. I'm totally in. So I, I get it. Um, it's like those motorcyclists that stick out the two fingers, you know? Like oh, when yeah. you drive by, yep, totally. You do the same thing as a Toro. Gotcha. Uh, six of us in the, as far as siblings, four sisters, two brothers, two, uh, two boys. Um, my dad grew up in northeastern Arizona and there in Phoenix. And then my mom was in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, and uh, it's been, yeah, great, great upbringing. Uh, some crazy stories. Wild stories, stories that I don't know if I should tell my kids, and so we're holding back on those stories so to maybe as I get a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till their kids a little bit older, and then I'll tell their kids, my grandkids, those yeah. stories. And like, Dad, don't tell them that. Right. I'm like, no, it's okay, it's legal. <laughs> now you go uh, manage right. that if you want. 
Yeah. Well, so let's ask uh, this question. When you were growing up, what were some of the maybe the, the lessons you learned from your parents and what you learned from them and what's maybe even helped you to this very day be successful in your life? Gosh, you know, I remember one morning, um, <clears throat> my mom just bawling. And I mean, you just asked me this question. This is the first thought that came to my mind. She's sitting there bawling and she's cutting up all of her credit cards. And I say all, I'm like, a lot. Right. And I'm like, what is going on? Right. And uh, she looks at me and sobbing and she's cutting up her credit cards. And then my dad and mom proceed to tell us that we're losing everything. We lost everything, our home, oh, our cars, everything. And we have to, we have to move quickly. And uh, later on in my life, I realized what was going on there at 12 years old. That my dad, uh, we were going through bankruptcy as a family. And uh, I would tell you, I mean, you could very easily say, he could have been going through a midlife crisis even yeah. at that same moment um, where we had so much as far as the things of the world um, and we were losing so much as far as the things of the world. Yeah. But very soon thereafter, I would say in the years to come, I realized we gained so much through the sorrow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, even thinking about Job himself, it's like you think about this great man in, uh, in the Bible, yeah. right? It's like you learn much through the sorrows um, and you, you get closer to God through those sorrows with God as opposed to maybe those times of happiness and joy. And I will attest to that yeah. very moment of my okay. life. It helped shape me and mold me um, at that very moment of that drive, that motivation, that excitement for, all right, get up, stop crying, yeah. now get moving. Yeah. And it's time to get moving and get to work. Wow, I love that. You know, one of the things I talk a lot with my clients, um, I, I share this statement that life happens for you. Mm. And, you know, looking back in my own life, you know, through the addictions that I've been through, I look back on them and I actually, you know, if I could go back and talk to it, I would thank it. I would yes. say thank you. Yeah. Right? But would you it, want to go through it again? No. Yeah. No, Never, I wouldn't right? want to go through it again. But, you know, <laughs> kind of like what you were saying, that, like how it shaped you and made you realize, okay, I, you know, if I'm going to, you know, it's, what I'm hearing is you took accountability. You mm -hmm. finally were like, you know what? I got to stop crying about this mm -hmm. and I got to do something about well, it. Well, I realized too as a kid, like, well, hold on. I mean, my dad, yeah, he's the provider, yeah. but I need to go out there and start providing. I need mm -hmm. to start doing things. Yeah. I need to start getting creative. So, you know, I think God allowed me to, to figure out, okay, how can you be more creative? How can you be yeah. a little more, um, you know, uh, unique in your ways of how to earn money yeah. at an early age? And maybe I did drive cars at 13, 14 years old, and maybe it was <laughs> maybe. an old Datsun truck yeah. and, to mow people's lawns. And the key word, maybe, some of the other days said, you always say maybe. It's like that, hey, you're a little, little rebellious, but maybe I did this. Maybe. But I cannot confirm nor deny if I did it or not. <laughs> I love it. So um, as a kid, how were you? I know you really, you love sports. Were you like into sports? Uh, were you a confident kid? Were you kind of a shy kid? Okay, big difference of loving sports and like being able to actually play the sports. That's a I was always the B team. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that kid that was always B team that just tried harder. And, and I remember Avis came out one year and they were, um, I think, Hertz rental car. I was a kid. I remember saying, Avis, it's because we try harder. Something, we try harder. And I'm like, I'm Avis. I'm yeah. Ava's rental car. Like, I just try hard. I'll never be Hertz. And then Hertz goes under years later. But uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, stick it to you. Yeah, yeah Hertz. But uh, right. Ava's, we just try harder. And I'm like, you know what? That's who I am. Okay. I, I really played a lot of golf and tennis and was able to play um, throughout the years. And my dad always told me, play sports that you can play for the rest of your life. Yeah. And uh, those are sports you're going to be able to play for the rest of your life. And then swimming and swim team and other things. And so I was very much into student council. 
Okay. And those are things I'm like, okay, yeah. I can I can help lead, I can help motivate, let's go, <laughs> let's do this. But I lost, I lost my first year of running for elections, and then I won four years in a row. Okay. And then I lost two in a row uh, for my senior year for student body president, and it uh, devastated me. Wow, yeah. But I look back on that moment, and I'm like, wait, I thought my journey, I thought my path was supposed to be this. Yeah. God, why was it different? Yeah. Like, no, it was exactly, everyone laid it all out, but a kid ran as a joke for student body president. And uh, I thought, okay, and I got this in the back. Yeah. I let off my guard, I let off the gas, wow. and I let things happen to me instead of going out and happening to things. And I, I, got, I got beat, I got hammered, and it was humbling, and it was awesome. And I loved every moment, looking back on that moment going, yeah. no, I can't let off the gas ever, and I can't let things happen to me. Wow. I got to go out and happen to things. Yeah, wow. When did you realize that you had kind of this entrepreneurial spirit about you and that you can create and kind of things like that? Did that happen later in life, or did you no. know that at a young age? I think a lot of people have it in them. It's just a matter of just trying it. Yeah. Um, that's why you talk about the word yeah. want, you know, entrepreneur. They want it, but they never do it. <laughs> right. Um, I think it's a matter of, well, if you want it, then just go do it. Then you become that entrepreneur. But an entrepreneur is not one where you take one risk. You take many of risk ongoing. Mm -hmm. It never ends. It's a life of risk taking. Yeah. And it's a, it's a life of growing constantly mm -hmm. and finding those challenges that actually make you a better human being and a better person. So for me, it was a challenge and a drive. Say, you're telling me I can't do that? Then I can do that. Uh, early on in my career, about 21 years old, I had a director at a large school, at a college. Um, I went in for a scholarship and I signed up for the scholarship and he's like, uh, um, no. I'm like, tell me why no. He goes, uh, your business is gonna fail. And I think it's a horrible idea. And at that time, I think Toby Keith had a song, How Do You Like Me Now? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I want to sing that song to that guy. And it was, a little, it was a lot of pride, but I'm like, no, I'm going to make it work. And eight and a half years later, we sold that business off. And uh, that was a whole different story. Dang. And I wanted to sing that song, oh, How Do You Like Me Now? Yeah. You know, but uh, I didn't sing it, of course. It's so prideful. I, I can't believe I'm admitting that. But seriously, I was just like, don't tell me I can't do something. Yeah. Tell me what I can do and help me on what I can do instead of yeah. tell me what I can't. Yeah. I think our youth these days have too many people around them telling them what they cannot do. Yeah. There are a lot of can'ts. Yes. And it's like, I don't need can'ts. I need can'ts. Yeah. Now, it may be, it's not the right thing to do. So, right. okay, tell yeah. me what I can do. But you know, even like what I think about, and I'm, I may be getting off topic here, but no, you think good. about the, uh, the pains that pornography cause. Yeah. A lot of individuals, right? And so they focus on what they cannot do. And it drills them, it drills them, it drills them. And so it's like this domino effect that leads them to so many different things yes. that creates depression, anxiety, drug addiction, whatever it may be. And I'm saying, hold on, can we focus on what you can do? Yeah. How about we focus on the positivity of what you can do instead yeah. of what you can't do? Yeah. And all of a sudden the light comes on, wait, wait, you mean I, when I have this like impulse, I can go play the guitar? Yeah, what else can you do? I can go for a walk? Yeah, what else can I do? I can go shoot some hoops? Yeah, what else can you do? Yeah. I can listen to some music? Yeah, so so on and so forth. It's like we have too many people around us. You can't, you can't, you can't. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 like you can. God is a God of cans, not can'ts. That's what I believe. Wow, I love that. That was powerful. Thank you for sharing that. 
you know, did you learn that kind of mentality though is it from your parents growing up or, or just hard knocks going through all of this that you've been through? I'd say yes and yes. Yeah, I, mean, okay. I think you learn it from every good um, person that you surround yourself with. Yeah. And it's always finding the very best in people and the, those best people you can surround yourself with that allows you to become the best you, yeah. period. Yeah. It's always it's all of us. We're in the same boat. We're, we're on this yeah. journey together trying to, yeah. uh, to create the best us out. and best me as we possibly can. Yeah, I love that. So when you graduate from high school, what did, you, what did you end up doing after that? Yeah, so I applied actually four different times to a local university here. Um, that a lot of us want to go to, and I, I was told what I can't do. No, you're not in. You're not yeah. in, and you're not in. Yeah. I'm like, wow, what is going on? Yeah. Maybe there's a different plan, you know, for me. And so I went up to school up in Idaho, a little school called Ricks College oh, yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I met my wife now. Okay. And uh, we got engaged on March 8th, and on March 15th, I got accepted to that school after my fourth attempt. Oh, wow. So if you don't think God's yeah. in control of the details, you're wrong, because he totally is. He's like, gosh, I was trying to, like, slow you down a little bit yeah. to show you what you needed to do. Yeah. He did it. He knew. Yeah, your wife's up here in Idaho, so I need to direct you in that direction. <laughs> oh, he know. found her, and then... He's like, jeez, <laughs> you are such a loser. You just don't get it. That's amazing. Well, you talk a lot about God and you're a man of faith and it means a lot to you. Talk yeah. about that and how that's influenced you in your life. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think we, uh, I think sometimes as people we're a little bit of ashamed of our beliefs mm-hmm. and we hide, you know, yeah. you know, that under a bushel or we hide it. Yeah. Um, it's like, wait a minute. If you've got a little tiny bit of light, even if you fill in your own life, you've got all darkness and there is no light. Just go find that little glimmer of light. In fact, go find someone else's light. And you'll, you'll be amazed. Wait a minute. That actually, that warmth, that light feels, a, actually kind of feels good. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, it's a matter of, okay, how do you find that light and how do you let it shine? And then how do you let the world know about it so you can shine on someone else that maybe can lift someone else that you together with that person or with those persons can go light an entire nation, an entire world and make a massive impact. That's what we got to do. I love that. There's a quote by Ferdinand Foch. He says, the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. Yes. And that's what you're saying. Amen. Right? Amen. Yes. Wow, I love that. Um, And not to keep throwing out quotes, but this is actually a quote by Tupac Shakur. You know, if Tupac wasn't in this podcast, I think something would be wrong. So I'm glad glad you're throwing it out there. I'm glad you're throwing it out there. (laughs) He says, and I'm quoting him, he says, you know, I may not rule the world, I may not change the world, but I guarantee you I will spark the brain that will change the world. And he goes, and that's our job is to spark someone else. Amen. And I'm hoping that this podcast today sparks someone. Amen. Right? No matter where you're at, no matter you're what at. journey you're on or whatever phase of the path that you're on, it's like spark it. Yeah. You know, I mean, haven't you noticed when you go and think about someone else or you try to serve someone else, mm-hmm. how instantaneously you feel better about yourself? Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. I went to go spark someone else, but in reality, yeah. I got sparked. Totally. Like, okay, yeah. Sparky, keep sparking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So That is so true. Um, you know, I, I know, that, like I say this a lot in the industry that uh, Mark and I are in, where um, 
AA is a big thing, right? And I always say, if you master the first 11 steps of AA, you will drink again. If you master step 12, you'll never touch another drop. Amen. And step 12 is go out and make a difference yeah. in someone's life, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what you're saying, because how good it makes you feel. And no drug on the planet can make you feel that feeling that when you know you've made a difference in someone's life. Right. Yeah. Right. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. Can you do step 12 um, anytime in the process, too? Absolutely. Exactly. Oh, yeah, you can do it on... What, yeah. what will happen in that journey or in that process in your mind? Will it accelerate it, decelerate it? Accelerate what? it tenfold. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the amazing power of that. Yeah. And you become a spark in someone else and you focus yeah. on how I can do that for you or for him or for her. Yeah. Wow. That will ignite you like no other. So, yeah, selfishly, you can say, I'm going to go do it. But unselfishly, what happens is something much greater yeah. in your soul and your heart. That's what sparked. And then what you do and how you do it to inspire others. Yeah. Wow. This is awesome. I love this. So after you, you know, you get accepted to the school, you know, what, what were your plans at that point? You know, you're getting, you're getting married, I, I assume eventually after that. Yeah. And then what were your plans in your mind? Like what were your dreams and hopes at that moment? Well, I mean, um, I don't know. I like to build. Okay. Maybe a builder of people, builder of things, builder mm -hmm. of businesses, builder of truth, builder of light, just trying to build something. Yeah. And it's always, I, I think early on I realized I got to build with God. And I don't, you know, to me it's like if I can put him first on everything and lean on him on everything, you know yeah. what's going to happen yeah. is he's going to tell me the way. All right. He'll make the best builder out of me. Yeah. Like he's the yeah. best builder of all. So gosh, I got to depend upon him as much as possible. And I realized that in my college, if I can put him first before even my studies mm. and really put him first on everything, yeah. wow, he actually increases my time. Because if he's the creator yeah. of time, if he's the creator of time, can't he increase our capacity of time? So therefore give us more time to go do good, be good and go accomplish a lot more. So yeah, so why don't you increase my capacity of time because you're the creator and the maker of time and help me go do more and achieve more. And so early on, I mean, that's that's really what what uh, I was learning and still learning. Holy cow, I'm far from where even where I want to be or need to be. Um, when my wife and I got married, in several weeks into our marriage, just let me just point this out. Please, You'll yeah. do the math here quickly. <laughs> and she came to me and she said, "Honey, I'm pregnant." I'm a whoa, 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 wait. You're what? She goes pregnant. I'm on, I know we've only been married like a month, but how's, how does that work? She goes, your dad told you how that worked, all right? And let me just tell you one thing right now. I'm pregnant and I bawled. I bawled. And yeah. she's like, you don't want me to be pregnant? I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Right. And it's, and it's no different than a month earlier when we're on the plane on our honeymoon. And the stewardess came up to me and she goes, hey, would you like to watch a movie? And at that time, it was $5 for um, the, the headsets, yeah, right? right? I'm like, sure, I'll take one. And my new wife now of 12 hours or 18 hours <laughs> looks at me and goes, I like to watch a video, the movie. And I looked at her and she goes, that's $10. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, I got to pay for two of us. Right. And I didn't even watch the movie. I bawled. You're going to think I'm a crybaby, but I was like right. figuring it out quickly. A month later, I'm bawling going, I got to handle three of us. A month ago, it was only one, one of us. And now it's three of us. And I realized at the moment, I got to step it up. Yeah. And so for me, it wasn't a matter of like, okay, get a degree. Um, yeah. So you can actually go pay the bills. It was like hurrying at a degree, but you got to figure out right now um, what you're going to do to go provide. 
and it put me and so she she had that baby just about nine months later nine months total i should say yeah and there he was our honeymoon baby and it was the greatest blessing ever Wow, yeah. yeah, and that changes perspective a little quickly, bit, doesn't it? Yeah, in Spanish they say un poquito, so just un poquito, <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. Okay, I like that. You know, it's funny, my wife and I, when we were married, she was pregnant a month later. Really? Same came, thing. Same thing, came home, and I had a different reaction. I was like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, like it was like one of those, yeah. but I was like, I, I got to step up, yeah. I got to do something different. Wow, I gotta really similar do experience. It's very similar, <laughs> and we always had to clarify, she was Pregnant a month after we were married, you know, you had to kind of make that clear. Well, my wife People was are like, like huh? doing the math, I yeah. know, I know, it's good, it's so wow. good. Well, so, I mean, we, we mentioned obviously you're the co-founder and CEO of Built Brands. Where did the word built come from? Is that, you're, you know, you're the builder of people, you want to help build people and no. that kind of thing. Is that kind of where that came from or is that? No, it was a partner of mine and okay. uh, the team that the time came up with uh, Built Bar itself. Yeah, okay. And uh, it took us about two and a half, almost three years to actually go get the domain name built.com. Oh, really? You know, I've bought about 7,000 domains over my lifetime. <laughs> it's a sickness I have, one right. of many sicknesses. <laughs> and But I wanted that domain. I wanted it badly, and it took a little while to, to actually get it. But um, built just has a, has a powerful meaning to it. Yeah, it does. And uh, you see it, you kind of know, all right, I know what this is going to do for me. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Let's talk about Built for a minute. I mean, it's it's really on fire right now. I mean, it's everywhere. Everyone knows what Built is now and Built Bars. And like I said, I'm eating them all the time and mm-hmm. I love it. And so talk about, you know, how this all came about and then just kind of what your vision with this whole thing is. And then we'll talk about a lot of good that you've been doing with it as well. No, I mean, I don't know um, <laughs> about that part. But, uh, you know, it was actually a family that came up with the original recipe. Awesome family incredible people and uh, they had a bar it was totally separate different name and they created it for um, um, a track star and a marathoner and then some other people and and they were selling you know a couple hundred few hundred bars a month right and doing something with it it was their neighbor uh, that they finally approached after several years two and a half years or so I, I believe who they said buy it off us the recipe so he bought the recipe off mm-hmm. them and came to me and said hey I need some money. Let's partner. Awesome guy, and yeah. we ended up uh, partnering okay. um, at that time. And um, you know, I mean, he's since since uh, he's left, and we bought him out. But uh, he's on building bigger and better things, and and super excited for him and their family. For us, um, this isn't just about a protein bar. Um, this is a platform to go make an impact in the world, to go make a difference in the world. Yeah. We want everyone to experience a built. Period. Mm. And experience it built may mean that you experience it through touch, feel. Um, yeah. You may experience it through content. You may experience it through um, ambassadors, athletes, um, associations that we have. But how can we have every human being on this planet experience it built? For us, um, early on, I realized we needed to compete and disrupt the candy bar industry. And so mm. I want to be a disruptor. And, and for people, I think in general, if you were to relate that to people is it's okay to be a disruptor, but we're scared to be disruptors for good. Um, and how can you disrupt for good? How can you disrupt for maybe increased, um, creativity or how can you disrupt for increased, uh, improvement and doing better and doing more? 
And so for us, this was a platform very early on. I realized, no, 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 we're going to disrupt the candy bar industry, not the protein bar industry. That will naturally take care of itself. Right, yeah. Candy bar industry. Because oh. it's a much, much larger industry, yeah. like 20 times larger. So um, that's what we're doing. We are disrupting. But I would say with that, we're inspiring while we're disrupting. Mm. And we want to inspire to do good. We want to feed millions of kids across the world. Um, we want to make an impact with these kids, nourish them, feed them, um, do much good in, in the world itself. We're focusing here regionally, and we're building out a way to do it more nationally, and eventually we'll do it worldwide. But we're using the platform and the base that we have here at Built to do that. Wow. That, that sounds amazing. And I love the word disrupt. Um, I think stance socks kind of had the same philosophy, like they're gonna go disrupt the sock industry. Mm -hmm. Like socks have been the same forever, mm -hmm. we're gonna come in and blow it apart. And they did know, that. And yeah. they did it, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like what you're doing with, and I didn't realize you were going after the candy bar, mm -hmm. you know, versus the protein bars and stuff. But like you said, that just takes care of itself. For sure, I would tell you one of our messages, um, and the main message that we're building out right now is the underdog. Um, I think the, you know, you think about walk-ons, underdogs, um, those underserved, undervalued, uh, maybe unnoticed. You know, for us, it's like, okay, you know what, you know those people. Maybe you're one of those people. Uh, yeah. Maybe you are an underdog. Um, but there are stories out there that need to inspire you. There's that single mom with three kids, two jobs, feel, feels like her teeth are being bashed in. Uh, day after day, trying to get back up. Um, mm -hmm. But she herself, her story can inspire. Yeah. Her story um, can make someone else feel like, you know what, I can do that. Yeah. In fact, you, you look at some of the greatest movies, they are those underdog type Absolutely, stories. Yeah. It's those ones you root for that you're like, I love that. Yeah. I want some more of it. <laughs> totally. Why? Because I think in every human being, there's that underlying theme or that kind of like that DNA inside of us. Yeah. We all kind of feel like an underdog. Yeah. Um, I look at Tony Finau lately. Look yeah. at his story of what he's done yeah. and accomplished, I believe, in what? Um, he started at 17 years old yeah. uh, in the PGA. But before that, um, you know, with Kalepi, his dad and his mom and traveling all up and down the Wasatch Front, training him, teaching him, yeah. inspiring him, putting him in tournaments. But now after all these years, but there was a journey to get to the spot he's at right now. Yeah. Tony Finau is an underdog. Yeah. He's an underdog. You're like, no, he's a champion. No, he's an underdog. And his story needs to inspire the world. Absolutely. And I love that about him. And I love that about so many, if not all humankind. So how do we, how do we attract that story out of people? That's what you're built for. Damn. We're built to go conquer this. Ooh. That's what we're doing. Love that. Um, I, I don't want to misquote him, but I think after his last victory, just recently, he said, I, I was, I'm a loser who just kept on trying. Yes, yes, right? yes. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Yeah, what a story. Aren't his, we all? Aren't we all? Yeah, because yeah, everyone can relate with what he just yeah. said. We're all, we're all losing at times, yeah. just, but we got to just keep trying. Yeah. Eventually, you have the moment where you know, your light shining bright yeah. like his is right Well, now. do you remember that story as a kid we learned about Abraham Lincoln? I mean, that always like oh, yeah. in my mind. Uh -huh. It's like, that is so powerful. Yeah. You know, failure, 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 failure. Yep. Boom. Yep. He nails it. President of the United States. You got it. Yep. Yeah. We're all losers. 
yep. trying to become winners. Yeah, and that story is a little girl sparked the light in him by saying, you should yes. grow a beard because you'll look better. Yes. And as soon as he grew the beard, he kind of claims that that's why I won the presidency. Which is kind of cool. I love that. Um, well, speaking of all the good you're doing and about, you know, you know, uh, helping the underdog, you know, you're, you obviously a very popular story about you is you helped BYU and you gave every, you know, underdog, so to speak, walk on a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I want to read something, um, if that's okay. It's a quote mm-hmm. on KSL.com uh, about an article about you. And it says, we're, exci- we're excited to partner, this is you speaking, sorry. We're excited to partner with BYU and all 123 players on the football team. We're making history together, said yourself, co-founder of Built Brands, in a statement um, from the university. Cougar players know success happens when every player invests in each other to do what is best for the team. That's what we believe at Built Two, and we're excited to support every player of the BYU football team. Games are won when every single player lifts and supports each other with everything they've got. That's how we all win. That's how we all unite as one. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I, I know that HBO even picked up mm-hmm. you know, this story and did, did a feature on you guys, mm-hmm. which was amazing. I watched that. That was really cool. Tell us about that because that had to have felt amazing. Uh, I got chills when I watched it. <laughs> I, listen, you don't do things saying, how do I get more eyeballs on this? Or how do you, you right. don't do, I mean... It was it was definitely not intended. Sure. Um, intended. Yeah. Um, it wasn't uh, preconceived or you know manipulated in any, any which way possible. It just it was natural. It was right. You know when Kalani, who I think is the greatest coach in 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 uh, football right now, um, the way he inspires, the way he loves boys. Yeah. I would if I'm any parent and have a boy who's a superstar. Um, in football, mm-hmm. contemplating any school, go play for Kalani, period. Yeah. Um, because he will make your boy a man, period. Um, and you want you want your boys to become men. Yeah. Much more than football. And much, right? much more. Um, that man is incredible. He's not just a coach. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's inspired. And so I would tell you, when, when we find out, we found out in talking with him, his greatest desire was to figure out how those underdogs and those walk-ons can be taken care of. I knew exactly what we had to do. And working with those walk-ons and the players and others, it was just like, it's natural, it's right. Just do what's right, period. All right, let's do it. It's not that complicated. The formula is very simple in life. Like, it's that simple. Yeah, yeah, well, it was fun to watch when, you, you know, you're announcing employee number one, oh, employee yeah. number two, right? And then I didn't know how what I, that just came out of my mouth. It was awesome. Yeah, and even, somebody even said, "Do you realize the NCAA doesn't like the word employee?" I'm like, "Well, I didn't, but let's go ahead know, and just say just it. it. I said it. I said it." So, but to, but then when it was like all of you have a scholarship now, and just watch the room erupt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 change those people's lives forever. Because again, if you're what you're saying is they're not just going to be playing football; they're going to turn into a man mm-hmm. because of the influence of coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's got to feel really nice to see that. You know, I, I take no credit. I know, for it. I know you're no a humble credit. guy, but no, it's not a matter of cool. humble guy. It's just like it's no credit. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll tell you, God directed every bit of that. Period. Period. Yeah. And I was just open to take action on it. That's all. I love that. It's beautiful. 
Um, okay, I'm going to ask you a question here, and I, I just want to hear how you'll respond, obviously. Why is helping other people so important to you? Because that really is what I'm feeling from you and hearing mm -hmm. from you. Everyone kind of witnesses that. Why is it so important? Um, you know, I want to flip the pistol back on you, and, and you tell me. I mean, because it's a rhetorical question yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Sure. I think what I think maybe with that, if if you don't mind me just changing that a little bit, yeah, please. it's not a matter of like with me. It's just a matter of like, why would we want to lift another? Um, well, sometimes selfishly I and mean, and rightfully so, it's to lift ourselves. Mm -hmm. Other times, someone or something or some like some feeling I get is telling me to go do it, so yeah. I just do it. I don't know why. Other times, it's like it's obvious. It's right in front of me. Give that homeless person a, a couple bucks. You yeah. just do it. Yeah. Well, hold on. Like, am I enabling this person or no? Yeah. I don't care. You just all right. I do it. Yeah. I guess the point is, is I remember years ago a friend of mine said once I earn a certain amount, he gave me that certain amount of money, and I graduate and I, I can get my motorcycle and I got a house and I'm earning so much money. Yeah. I want to start giving back. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, why don't you do it right now? Yeah. So I asked him like, well, why not right now? And I had, I had just got done with college, and, and uh, he was getting his master's degree. And he's like, well, because I, I need to have money first. I'm like, well, can you figure out without money what you can do? Right. Why not create the habits now? And uh, yeah. I think for all of us, if we can figure that out, it takes work. Yeah. It takes work. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes practice like anything else that's good in this world. It takes practice, and it takes a whole heck of a lot of time and effort and energy. So why not just start little? Why not just smile at someone to make them feel better? Yeah. Why not just shoot them a text that. to make them feel happy? Yeah. Um, years ago, and I've, I've relayed this story, and, and not to hijack this question No, too you're much, doing great. But as I was teaching at BYU, yes, the school that like rejected me three times and I finally got <laughs> into it. I'm teaching there. And Mark could attest to this with his daughter in that class. But um, um, the very first thing I had him do was actually fill out a note card. And the note card is, and you have two days, 48 hours to fill out 100 opportunities. Oh. And they're like, 100 opportunities, Professor Greer, I can't do that. I love when they call me Professor Greer. I'm like, little do you know, I barely got my bachelor's degree. <laughs> right. like, Dr. Greer, yeah, I'm not even close to a doctor. <laughs> but I'd show it to my kids. My kids, can you show some respect to right. the Dr. Greer That's here? Dr. But... Greer here. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're like, Dad, you're just Dad. I'm like, I know, I know. No doctor here. But uh, they're like, we can't do that. I said, no, no, no. I want you to listen when you're on the freeway and you see a billboard and you're like, I should change that. It shouldn't be yellow, it should be pink, it should be blue, it should be whatever else. You're reading an article and you're like, you know what, it, I get a feeling in my head to go do this. It has nothing to do with the article, but it inspired you to go do something. You're walking down a, a walkway and all of a sudden you get this feeling, text mom, give her a call, check in on her. Mm -hmm. Okay, you act opportunity, yeah. opportunity. You see something like in the bathtub, you're like, you know what? That bar is so plain. I would probably change it up. Opportunity. And just recognizing those opportunities that are all around us. Yeah. We need to open our eyes more to opportunities around us, period. We need to practice um, the opportunity yeah. seeking around us. Naturally, what happens? Those opportunities are all around us to go serve others, to help others, to love others. Yeah. And naturally, what are we going to do? We're going to feel better. Ourselves. Yep. Yeah, it's not rocket science. That's what I love about it. Yeah. And it's a challenge to do that. 
Yeah, it reminds me of the principle, what you focus on increases, mm-hmm. right? You start focusing on opportunities, it's going to increase, mm-hmm. it's going to magnify, and, and mm-hmm. like you said, and in return, what it does for you. Exactly. Right? And, you know, and I initially asked, you know, why is helping and lifting other people so important? There's another principle I really just think it's the best one on this planet. It's if you want to be, give it away, mm. right? If you want to have abundance, if you want to be abundant, wow. yeah. give away your abundance. Give $10 wow. to someone who only has five. <laughs> if you want to be inspiring, go inspire someone. And now you're twice as inspiring. Mm. You know, give to get. Mm. And I just think that is what you're saying here is and how powerful that has been in your life. Wow. Yeah. It's a healer. Yeah. It's an absolute healer. Serving is a healer period do you want to be healed start serving boy yeah we you know we talk about that a lot with our clients in rehab about how important service is for that very reason it's gonna it's gonna heal you but you know what don't you think though when you're broken you don't feel like first i can be healed of course Mm -hmm. emotionally and mentally but secondly you don't feel like why how could i even serve anyone else yeah like i no and so you reject it, you reject it, yeah. you reject it, reject it. You're not in a place to do it. But that's where you got to have a little leap of faith, a yeah. little confidence, and just say, try it. Yeah. You know, it's like my kids used to say, try it, you'll like it. Try it, you'll like it. You know, it's just like, <laughs> like they would say that, like, see, yeah. oh, my guys, stop singing that and around the house. And what I'm going to say is, try it, yeah. you'll like it. And it's going to be contagious to yeah. you, and it's going to be addictive to you. Talk about an addiction. Yeah. You want a new addiction? Go crack that one. Yeah. Wow. Do you mind if I share a little story about this principle? So I had this client who was struggling with his faith, struggling with life. You know, he's getting involved in drugs and alcohol. felt like he didn't have any friends. And the friends he did have were, you know, obviously, you know, cultivating him, continually doing these bad things. And he got to a point where he was suicidal. Mm. And I was meeting with him. And this idea, this thought, this, you know, inspiration came to my mind. It's like, he needs to go help someone. And so I gave him a challenge to go to school in high school early every morning and hold the door open and just tell, give everyone a compliment as they walk through. They're going to think you're weird at first, like, who's this guy? Mm -hmm. And he just started doing it. And he started doing it every single day. And he agreed to do it. At first, he was very hesitant, like, no, this is, I can't do that. I'm like, yeah, just try it. Do it for one week. Let's see how it goes. He ended up doing it for the entire year, changed his life, changed everything. He got off drugs. I didn't have to tell him to stop doing drugs. Just by doing that, it, like you said, it healed him. He was just like, wow, look at the impact I'm making on just holding the door. And I told him, I go, you probably saved some kid's life. He was probably thinking about ending his life, but you said, hey, you look great today. Have a good day. Mm. And you walk through that door going, wow, okay, mm. maybe I'm going to stick around a little more. But doesn't that go back full circle what we said earlier about you focus on what you can do? Exactly. Yeah. And then look what you, what, what the opportunity you created with that young man, that sweet yeah. young soul. To say, can we just focus on one thing you can do and how it healed him and possibly and more than likely healed others. I love that. Gives me chills. I'm so glad you just said that. (laughs) I love that story. Thank thank you. you. No. um, What, this is another tough question, I think. What do you love most about you? (laughs) Really? You had to ask that question? I should have asked you before this interview, like, okay, what are the questions? And I'm going to tell you no on certain don't questions. Go don't, don't go, go there. there. Tap out. Tap out right now. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm a maximizer of people. Okay. 
And I love finding someone and maximizing their strengths. I get a high out of it. Wow. An absolute high out of it. And there's so much joy and happiness when I can see when someone else doesn't see what what they what I see in them and most importantly what God sees in them. And I love listening for that, discovering it, and then attacking it. Dang. Wow, I crave that. Wow. I crave that. You answered that very well. I don't know what was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I don't know about that. <laughs> that was powerful. If, if there's someone right now, Nick, listening to your voice who is in a dark place, they're struggling. They don't know what to do. And you've already given some great advice already, but that one person that's hearing your voice right now who needs something, what would you tell them? I remember being in a dark place. And um, very dark, very frustrated. And uh, I've never shared this uh, before. So dark where I didn't know what was possessing me at that moment. Mm. And my wife, she felt it, she saw it, and it was deep. And to have her arms wrap around me was like nothing I've ever felt before. Mm. Struggle, struggle, struggle. I wanted her to let go, just let go. I need to fight this alone. She wasn't gonna let go. She didn't let go. I told her let go, let go. I wanted to struggle alone. Mm. When you're going through struggles, you wanna struggle alone. You think it's only alone you can be. But she held on and held on tightly. And then something triggered. Something happened. And that love permeated throughout my entire body. It felt so good. And those feelings, those emotions I had, I realized I don't need to struggle alone. And no one needs to struggle alone. You do not need to struggle alone. Don't struggle alone. There is a higher maker, a supreme being, a great spirit, whatever you want to call it. There is a God. I know where he's begging you. He's pleading you. You don't need to struggle alone. I want to struggle with you because I've struggled that same struggle you've struggled before. Let me struggle with you and allow me to enter into your life. Let me hold on to you. Let me hug you. Let me embrace you in ways you've never been embraced before. Yes, it's going to be a struggle. Yes, it will be hard. But yes, we will get through this together. Wow. Beautifully said. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means a lot to hear that from you. And um, Yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's like one of those, <laughs> drop the mic, we're done. <laughs> um, if someone wanted to, to learn more about your company and learn about what you're doing, what would be the best way for them to kind of learn more about all that? Where, where could they go? Um, I mean, just, just go eat one of our bars. I mean, that's how you learn about it. <laughs> there, you there experience you it. <laughs> I 
guys, just um, just know your love. Yeah. You know, I don't even know you. I don't know who's listening. Um, I love you. I love you. God loves you. You're loved. How you're going to find out about me is by going to find out about God. Because that's what I'm searching for. That's what I'm fighting for. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Wow. You're an igniter. You're a disruptor. You're a man of faith, of love. You know, the list goes on. So thank you for sharing some amazing words with us today. Thank you. Seriously, I'm humbled to be sitting here with you, truly. I learned much from you, so thank you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for your time, honestly. And anyone listening to this, um, I'm right there with Nick. I love you. Um, your support and listening to this if you have a loved one who's struggling with anything send them this episode send it to them it breaks the ice then follow back up with them and say hey what'd you think of Nick's words and where can I step in and help that Mm -hmm. kind of thing and so please share this Um, I love you guys thanks to the sponsors again you guys are amazing you believe in me Until next time.